We are down the stretch heading towards the playoffs and that eighth and final playoff spot is still up for grabs in the Western Conference. Who will grab it? Who will lose it? All that and so much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am one of the hosts, Brett Holden, part of Locked On Oilers. And joining me, my co-host, the other host of this show, as always, on Locked On Stars or from Locked On Stars, Dane Lewis. Dane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You you said it a second ago. We're down the stretch in the regular season. Five of eight tickets are punched in the Western Conference, and things are getting interesting in both divisions. The race for the top spot, uh, pretty tight in the Central, but also things looking pretty interesting in the Pacific as well, uh, which I know we're going to talk about here in the first segment. So I'm excited. As uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, color analyst, well, uh, Edmonton Oilers, yeah, color analyst, color color commentator. Play-by-play guy, Jack (laughs) Michaels always yells, down the stretch they go, and that is exactly where we are at in the NHL season. On today's episode, we're going to talk about just that stretch specifically and how the Calgary Flames, the Nashville Predators, and the Winnipeg Jets are all fighting for that eighth and final playoff spot. If you would have asked us about a month ago, we would not have been having this conversation. So what has changed and why are we in this spot? We will talk about that in just a second. But also on today's episode, well, the Edmonton Oilers have two straight shutouts and everybody isn't talking about the goaltending anymore. Hmm, could that be an issue heading into the playoffs or have the Edmonton Oilers solved their goaltending issues? We will talk about that. And to wrap up today's episode, Jason Robertson is a 100-point getter. He had an unbelievable start to the season and he has helped carry the Dallas Stars to the position they are at this year and right now as we speak. But how did we get here with Jason Robertson and the Dallas Stars? We will wrap up today's episode with a little stars talk all that and much more on today's episode of locked on nhl thank you for making locked on nhl your first listen every day we are free and available wherever you find your podcast all righty let's get into the playoff battle in the western conference right now as we speak the winnipeg jets hold the second and final wild card spot in the Western Conference, they have uh, 89 points, excuse me, in that final wild card spot. But the Calgary Flames are not going anywhere. With 77 games played, the exact same amount as the Winnipeg Jets, the Calgary Flames sit just two points behind the Winnipeg Jets at 87 points. And the Nashville Predators still sticking around with 84 points. But a game in hand, Dane, we have an unbelievable race to the end here with the three teams. 
How do you think we got here, though? Because we were sitting here even just last month going, oh, this is basically written and done. But mm, while we're only five games left in the NHL season, and it is anything but done in the Western Conference. Yeah, it seems like week after week we're saying you know the Calgary Flames are officially dead, and I, I think Nashville is a little bit closer to there. I really am not not confused because obviously there, there's people who pay attention to this stuff, but uh, the Nashville, I feel like especially after Monday night's beatdown in Dallas, they lose five one. That that kind of felt like the nail in the coffin, and if that's not the case, they they return home tonight to play the Vegas Golden Knights, who are fresh off win against the Minnesota Wild. And then, you know, Calgary's in action as well. And so it's, you know, mixing up to be an exciting finish to the season because you look at the schedule here over the next few days, Calgary's at home going up against the Chicago Blackhawks. You would expect them to take care of business in that matchup and get two points. And if that's the case, they'll tie the Winnipeg Jets in points with, uh, of course, Winnipeg having a game in hand. But then if you look at Wednesday night, the Calgary Flames head to Winnipeg for a matchup with the Jets and that could be one of the best matchups of the final two weeks of the season. And that's this is the kind of stuff that as a fan of the sport, you, you live for. Of course, you you love the playoff matchups, but the race to get to the playoffs can be equally as exciting. And it's nice to, to know that the team I cover has already made it because the Stars were in this position last year where they were fighting for one of the final spots. They didn't clinch until there was a game or two left in the season. So, I mean, you have to give credit to the Calgary Flames. I know there's been a lot of criticism for Daryl Sutter and, the lack of leadership at times in that locker room. But, I mean, those guys are playing hard here down the stretch, and they've done what they needed to do to still be in this race. And I'm curious to see what these next few days look like. And can Calgary get into that spot and take Winnipeg out? I'm excited to see that matchup unfold on Wednesday. Of course, that's assuming Calgary can take care of the Blackhawks tonight, which if they can't, uh, that that would be a pretty huge loss. And I imagine the, the fans in the Saddle Dome won't be too pleased. Hasn't been a promise at all. It has not been a guarantee at all for the Calgary Flames to win those easy games or those quote-unquote easy games. But then they go out and play the Los Angeles Kings and put up an 8-2 spot against them. And you sit there and go, so what team are we getting each and every night? And I think that's kind of the issue with the Calgary Flames. We know the Flames can do it. We've seen it with this basic, basically the exact same core. Well, not the exact same core other than uh, uh, Kachuk and Goudreau, but we've seen them replace Goudreau and Kachuk with very formidable replacements. Uh, Huberdo, who had 100-plus points last season, or uh, and Nazem Kadri. I mean, you sit there and see these players who can do it and have done it in other places, and they come into the system, and sometimes the, the Flames can show that they are real contenders, and other times they can't. You mentioned these last couple of games for these teams here. The Blackhawks, the Jets, the Canucks, the Predators, and the Sharks. Those are the five, five final teams for the Calgary Flames. When you take a look at the Nashville Predators, they have the Golden Knights, the Hurricanes, the Jets, the Flames, oh the Wild, and the Avalanche. You take a look at the Jets, they have the uh, Flames, Predators, so both the teams we just talked about, the Sharks, the Wild, and the Avalanche. Take a look at those three schedules, and the Calgary Flames, probably have the easier way in don't you think yeah 100 percent. and that you read off that nashville one that is 
<laughs> such a gut punch of a final stretch. But yeah, I mean, Calgary has the table set for them to kind of, you know, take this final spot. And Winnipeg, it feels like, has been slowly on the decline. It seems like they've gained a little bit of momentum. Uh, their last outing on Sunday, they demolished the New Jersey Devils on home ice. So I, I really do. I, I just can't decide. I go back and forth on which team I think can take this final spot because Winnipeg has even though they're they're a little bit uh, on a downturn right now, there's been a little bit more consistency there, and I think that's a credit to Connor Hellebuck and goal for them. But Calgary, you know, they're seemingly starting to put some of the pieces together again. I, I feel like we've taken the bait before, where it's like, oh well, they they you know they they beat the Los Angeles Kings in convincing fashion, but would it not be the most Calgary Flames things ever, at least for this season's team, to lose this game? At home against the like, it just would. I, I don't think it'll happen because Chicago's in a really rough spot, and I know that the Flames know what's at stake. But there's just that thought in the back of my mind that if it happened, I don't think I'd be too surprised, just because th- this Flames team has been all over the place this season. No need to motivate that crew for <laughs> the game, and maybe tonight, but more specifically on Wednesday when they face off against the Jets. Speaking of the Jets, let's wrap up on this point here, but. We thought at the start of the season the Jets were this absolute wagon, a fantastic hockey team at the top of the Central Division. They were really running away with it here in Canada. All of the uh, Canadian outlets are going, are the Jets the best team in Canada? And, well, here we are talking about the fact that they may miss the playoffs. How did we get here with the Winnipeg Jets? Because you sit there and see Rick Bonus. I don't know if you saw him uh, roll his eyes to the suggestion of what Mark Shifley imagines this uh, offense is supposed to look like. But we talk about how Mark Shifley was talking about, oh, maybe I don't want to be here, or maybe I'll talk about what's going on in, in the offseason with my agent. Then we'll talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's already leaving, this, that, and the other thing. This started off like it was going to be a very good season for the Winnipeg Jets, but it is now getting to the point of utter deterioration for the Jets. How did we get here? And did you really expect this all by the start of the season or when we saw the Jets play the way we thought the Jets could? I think the Jets have just been a team for me where everything they've done, it's been the opposite of what I expected. I didn't expect them to be in the playoff race this season. For a long stretch of the year, they were in the top three in the Central. At times, they were near or at first place in the entire conference. And so I thought, okay, this is this is a good team. They, they have Connor Hellebuck. They have Josh Morrissey having a career season. Uh, Mark Scheifele is one goal away from 40. Kyle Connor has 30. It, it was the guys you were expecting to produce. And then, you know, I expected them to kind of keep that same pace. And now they've done the opposite. And, and they seem to have you know, maybe hit a wall uh, offensively. And then also, even if it's, you know, not entirely true, it seems like you have uh, several players like Pierre-Luc Dubois, maybe Mark Shifley, guys that are kind of one foot in, one foot out, already looking towards the future. And even if that's not the case for each individual guy, the the media is at least making it seem that way. And and I think that that can be a huge distraction for, for the team, for the locker room. I know that a lot of players probably don't pay that much attention to the media, but especially, I know the, the Canadian markets, it can be, a lot more cutthroat. I, I feel like that can be the word for it. Just yeah. uh, with with how intense, uh, you know, the the spotlight is on these teams in these Canadian markets, and so I, I think that has a little bit to do with it. And in all honesty, as talented as this Jets team is, I, I mean, you just compare their rosters to others across the conference and across the division. 
it's it just doesn't stack up the same. I feel like they they got off to a good start and they just ran out of gas a little bit, and it's unfortunate. But at the same time, they still have a shot to make the postseason, and it won't necessarily be the prettiest finish if they do get in. But I, I think you have to consider that a successful season if you're a Jets fan. Although this team might look drastically different next season uh, in terms of personnel. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. That could be the word that is ringing out through the streets of Winnipeg this summer. Vegas heads to Nashville tonight. A massive matchup there. And the Chicago Blackhawks face off against the Calgary Flames. If the Flames do win, then tomorrow night's matchup between the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames will be for that final playoff spot. Oh, what a time it is to be a hockey fan. Alrighty, let's move on from the teams who are fighting for playoffs to teams who have already clinched the playoffs, and specifically the Edmonton Oilers. As the Edmonton Oilers heading into the playoffs have really become a very strong team, but the biggest question mark has been in the net. However, over the last couple of games, the Edmonton Oilers may have solved those issues. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Listen, Dane, there's playoffs coming up. I need to be going to any sporting event I need to. And buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. But with Game Time, it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music, comedy, and theater near you. I was going to a game. Uh, I was honestly on my way on the train to Roger's place. I didn't have any tickets. Me and my buddy were on our phone on Game Time's app. And as we were sitting there, we got row three tickets at the Edmonton Oilers and the Philadelphia Flyers game. And they were discounted. They were cheaper than they normally are. They were unbelievable tickets. As we were on the way there. So forget planning months in advance to get to your games. Because game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly where what to expect when you arrive and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are set. Snag the tickets without uh, the stress with Game Time. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. All righty, Dane. We have talked about uh, the Edmonton Oilers here and there, not so much. Obviously, I do host the Locked On Oilers show, so we tend to try and stay away from our teams more often than not because there's more teams, obviously, than the Oilers and the Stars. I guess today we are talking <laughs> Oilers and Stars, but we don't mind that. But when we did bring up the Edmonton Oilers over the last mm, season, really, Everybody knew, well, the Edmonton Oilers can outscore their defensive problems. Then the Edmonton Oilers acquired Matias Ekholm, and everybody went, okay, maybe this defense just got a little bit better. But the question always looms, what's going on in the crease? Jack Campbell was signed to that big five-year, $5 million contract, and everyone expected him to be the man. Stuart Skinner is coming up for his first full season in the NHL. And it, not a lot of expectations on him. But 
Jack Campbell doesn't have a fantastic season. Stuart Skinner steps up, becomes an NHL all-star. And over the last two games, the Edmonton Oilers have figured out their goaltending situation in a way that almost seemed out of nowhere. But could it be sustainable? Because last Thursday, the Edmonton Oilers faced off against the Los Angeles Kings in one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the year for the Edmonton Oilers up to that point. And the Edmonton Oilers walked away with a massive 2-0 win. That 2-0 came at the hands of a 43-save shutout from Stuart Skinner. From what a lot of people, including myself, have called a top-five performance from a goaltender so far this season. The Edmonton Oilers then went into a Saturday night matchup against a team who they have had issues against earlier this year. Jack Campbell, who has had issues just recently as well from preventing the puck going into the net. They go up against the Anaheim Ducks and they win 6-0 with a 36-save shutout for Jack Campbell. Those two shutouts being the first two shutouts for the Edmonton Oilers this year, and we are heading into the playoffs only a couple of weeks from now. And could we see the Edmonton Oilers figuring out their goaltending situation right in front of us? Potentially. But Dane, if the Edmonton Oilers do figure out their goaltending situation, are they the team to beat, not only in the Western Conference, but potentially in the NHL as well? I think there's certainly a case to be made for that, and it's because of the guys that we that when we do talk about the Oilers that get the center of attention. It's because of that offense too. So I mean, even if it's not a shutout every night, if you can get that that solid goaltending from from Stuart Skinner and even Jack Campbell, if he makes appearances in the postseason, I mean, if you're allowing only one or two goals, the the Oilers have the firepower to put up four or maybe even five per night, and I think that that makes them incredibly interesting because that's how you win in the postseason. You win with goaltending and you win with special teams. And the Oilers now appear to have both of those. They have the league's top power play. And then you have Stuart Skinner uh, pitching a shutout against the Kings. And then it's Jack Campbell against the Ducks. Is that right? The 6-0? Yeah. So yeah. both guys get, get taking care of business. And uh, of course, one of those teams, not quite like the other one, but still a shutout is a shutout in today's NHL. And it's, it's impressive. And, and I mean, I think especially on the Pacific side of the bracket, Looks like we're potentially heading towards another Kings-Oilers round one matchup. Mm-hmm. Oh, that series could be so much fun because both teams have explosive offenses. But I think the Oilers, as of right now, if you look at the goaltending, they 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 likely hold the advantage there. Wow. And I think that that makes things incredibly interesting. And then we're going to get one more preview of that potential matchup. I know tonight in Los Angeles should be an exciting game. But, I, I mean, yeah, who, who would have thought that? I mean, if you told me at the start of the season that we'd be talking about the Edmonton Oilers goaltending in a positive light the final two weeks of the season, I would have been like, oh, did they? who did they get at the deadline? Did they you know, make a, a move for a big name? I know like last year, the Minnesota Wild went and got Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I would have assumed that the Oilers made some move like that, but they didn't. They, like you said, they made other moves at the deadline that boosted the decor and boosted the depth up and down the roster. And so it seems like, I mean, it was kind of a, a I guess, a risky situation to not I guess they did address goaltending in the offseason with Jack Campbell, but obviously he's not the one that people are singing the praises of. So it was kind of high risk to not really go out and get a big, big name goaltender, but it seems to be paying off for the Oilers right now. 
You were preaching to the choir, my friend. The, <laughs> the goaltending has not been uh, an easy thing here in Edmonton. Let me read a couple of things off to you here, though, and this goes to Stuart Skinner. In the month of March, 10 wins for Stuart Skinner, first in the NHL. 371 shots against, which was ninth in the NHL, and 337 saves, which was 10th in the NHL. He has a .911 save percentage, which I was listening to uh, Justin Bourne on Tim and Friends yesterday, and he was saying, really, goaltenders right now in the NHL really only need to des- uh, deliver a .906 save percentage in the playoffs for your team to really be doing well. He's putting up a 911 in his first year, and a goals against average of a 2.88. Stuart Skinner was coming into this year with next to zero expectations. Ken Holland sat there at the first day of free agency after Jack Campbell signed. He said, yes, we're basically expecting uh, a 60-20 type feel between the two goaltenders. 60 games for uh, uh, Campbell, 20-ish or so for, uh, or 30-ish, excuse me, for around there for Stuart Skinner. That is flipped. And we see these numbers. Dane, 30 rookie goalies this season in the NHL. 14 14 of them have played 10-plus games. Stuart Skinner sits first in wins, third in save percentage, only behind Akira Schmid and uh, Logan Thompson, and fifth in goals against average with that 2.88. Should Stuart Skinner win the Calder Trophy? Hmm. That that's interesting. And I, I saw that you I think it's your most recent episode. That was your your tagline saying he should. And I know we've had this discussion of, you know, we talked about we've talked about Maddie Beneers, and I've made my case for Wyatt Johnston, who is I, I think tied with Maddie Beneers for most goals scored amongst rookies this season. So yep. the 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 stars person in, inside of me says no, Stuart Skinner shouldn't, but I, I feel like given his recent performance, he should at least be in the conversation and potentially be a finalist. I know there's been a ton of other really good rookie performances this season, but I think he, he deserves some recognition, certainly deserves some credit, but I, I don't know if he'll win it just because, again, Matty Beneers has kind of been the front runner even before the season started, and I think he's delivered on those expectations. But, I mean, you look at the performance Skinner has put on, especially here in these meaningful games down the stretch with playoff seedings at stake, and I, I think that matters. And I, I think... Long term, it could lead to some great success for this Oilers franchise and organization. The fans should be excited that, you know, the offense finally seems to have some semblance of some insurance, you know, on the other end of the ice. So I don't know if it'll result in a Calder win or even a finalist nomination, but I think Skinner certainly deserves some recognition in that conversation with guys like Matty Beneers and Wyatt Johnston. Before we wrap here, I did, uh, you were right. That was my uh, episode yesterday. Uh, fresh in thy mind. Uh, but, I, I, I did mention this because Maddie Beneers, you mentioned Maddie Beneers, 73 games played, 21 goals, 31 assists, 52 points. Since the All-Star break, four of those 21 have been scored since the All-Star break, and 12 of that 31 assists 
has been since the All-Star break. Matias Michelli hasn't been uh, healthy all year, has 34 assists, having an unbelievable season as well, an underrated season. Mm. But I think he's getting caught up in the Arizona thing, and he also missed a good chunk of time. Mason McTavish was ice cold in the middle of the year, and we talked about Kent uh, Johnson and Wyatt Johnson as well. We can uh, That's really confusing, isn't it? Uh, oh, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kent, or Wyatt Johnson with uh, 21 goals on the year, uh, leading or tied with Matty Beneers for the lead in uh, uh, rookie scoring. And Logan Thompson has been injured for the last, well, now six to eight weeks, really now. I don't know. I think Stuart Skinner has been the one constant between all of these rookies. Again, probably biased, but I don't know. I, I like consistency, and I think that's what you like to see through rookies. Either way, the Edmonton Oilers might be having or might be figuring out their crease situation, which could put them in the upper echelon of the NHL. But the big thing is could now a team that does have goaltending that we haven't really worried about their goaltending at all this year that is the dallas stars and the dallas stars have a new point king and that is jason robertson as he gets his 100th point and were we really not expecting that? What a season Jason Robertson is having. We will talk about Jason Robertson's season and just how it affects the Dallas Stars going into the playoffs in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. Look, if you're like me and you're trying to eat healthier, but you don't want to sacrifice taste, then you gotta try Built. Look, with Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so good. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. So what makes Built so good? Well, Probably the fact that they use 100% real chocolate. Yes, real chocolate. Then you combine that with all their undeniably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Oh my goodness. I am drooling as we speak. I should compose myself. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Built, I don't understand how Built does it. It is like a candy bar but they taste so good like a candy bar, but they are healthy for you. And they have amazing macros. They have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Delicious, good for you. And if you have a participating Walmart or Sam's Club around you, you can pick up a box today. You can thank me later. Alrighty, Dane, Jason Robertson heading into this year, needed a contract, got that contract, and ever since then, he has been an absolute tank. At times, he was fighting for the uh, goal lead with Connor McDavid at the start of the year in October, November, and December, and he has stayed hot throughout the year as he gets his 100th point. Tell me about the season that Jason Robertson is having and the importance that Robertson has to the city of Dallas. It's it's unbelievable. It's unlike anything we've ever seen here in Dallas. Mike Madano for 29 years held the record for the most points scored in a single season in the first season that the Stars were in Dallas, 1993-1994. They moved from Minnesota down to Texas, and Madano has 
you know, arguably or not really arguably, he had the best season a forward has had 50 goals, 93 points. And then, you know, you just think that record's never going to be broken. We've seen some great performances from some really great players over the years. Jamie Benn, of course, won the Art Ross Trophy back in, what, 2015 with 87 points, which is insane. That That's a, a different conversation for a different day. Tyler Sagan has had some really nice seasons. He was a 40-goal scorer uh, not too long ago. And, and it's just always been the belief that Mike Badano's the greatest Dallas star, and, and we just don't know if anyone's ever going to break that record because uh, the stars historically are not just known, at least in recent memory, as an offensive juggernaut. And then here comes this kid, Jason Robertson, a couple years ago, Calder Trophy finalist, loses to Kirill Kaprizov, scores 41 goals in his sophomore campaign. And, and then you talked about it. He needed that contract. This is a guy who did not participate in training camp. He didn't play in a single preseason game. There were questions about whether or not he was going to be a Dallas star at the start of the season. And it's crazy how far he's come in 77 games played. He now has 101 points. He's the only Dallas star in history of since the team has been in Texas since 1993 to notch a 100 point season, 43 goals. It's unbelievable. And I was lucky enough to be at the game last night, got to be in the locker room after the game to speak with Jason Robertson, with other people huddled around his locker. And I mean, he was all smiles and his teammates, you know, high-fiving him after the game, dapping him up, giving him hugs, everyone else all smiles. You can tell how much he means to that locker room and, and the fans. I, I mean, every time he was on the video board during Monday night's game, the fans went nuts. They love Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson loves the fan base, loves the city in return. And, and I just think he was at a little bit of a loss for words after the game, of course, talking about how great it felt. Uh, of course, being the player he is, he, he was more focused on the fact that they clinched a playoff berth, which I think is good, but I think it's just been a surreal experience for us as fans and people who cover the team watching him and a surreal experience for him as well to have this historic season 29 years after this record was set. And it was just always kind of the common belief that no one would ever surpass it. But here we are. And with still five games left in the season, who who knows how many more points he'll rack up because he's been on a heater uh, as of late. And I don't know if he'll get to 50 goals. That'd be really cool. But Seven goals in five games remaining feels like a bit of a stretch, but Jason Robertson has been shocking us all season long, so I wouldn't count him out just yet. Hasn't he really been shocking us all? What a season he has been having, a deserving all-star nod as well for him. A goal and three assists last night against the Nashville Predators. And that wasn't his only or first goal three, one goal, three assist performance in the last three games. He has 10 points in the last three games, including a one goal, three assist effort against the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, and then we'll follow that up with a two assist effort against the Colorado avalanche he's doing this against teams and yes we can talk about all oh, the arizona coyotes being the arizona coyotes the arizona coyotes have one of the best home records in the western yeah. conference and they did that and jason robertson did that at the mullet arena a goal and three assists you go up against the colorado avalanche one of the toughest teams in the uh, western conference obviously the de uh, defending stanley cup champions you go out there and you get two assists in a massive game you go out there last night against a team who is fighting, scratching, and clawing for everything they possibly can to get into a playoff spot. And Jason Robertson sits there and shuts them down with a goal and three assists. He is a bona fide star in this league, and I don't think a lot of people, or I don't think enough people, give him the love that he deserves. 
Dane, I want you right now to get on your soapbox and tell me why Jason Robertson is the bona fide superstar. You and I both know he is. I mean, I feel like we, we've both kind of covered it here. And it's yeah. just, he, he cannot be denied in terms of scoring goals. And, and I said this on my show uh, that came out earlier this morning. You know, if you eliminate the season that, Mc, that Connor McDavid's having, if you make McDavid sit out for a season, I, I feel like there is a legit case to be made that he's the league's most valuable player and certainly the most valuable to his team outside of Jake Ottinger in net. I mean, you can't convince me that any other player, again, outside of McDavid, has meant more to his team and done more in terms of scoring goals and production than Jason Robertson. I mean, 43 goals in a single season, back-to-back 40-goal seasons, the only Dallas star to ever accomplish that feat. I mean, he is rewriting the star's history books in year three. I mean, he's still only 23 years old, it is I mean, he just signed a contract extension, but it's not. It wasn't a max deal. It wasn't an eight-year deal. You you know he's going to get that big money the next time his contract is up. He's earned it, and, and I mean, in an organization that has boasted some of the best American talent the league has ever seen in Mike Madano, they now have Joe Pavelski, uh, and even you know there's some other young talent on this team that's from America as well. I mean, Jason Robertson, I, I think, is on his way to entering that conversation of the best American player up there with the likes of Mike Madonna, but even, you know, modern players like Patrick Kane. I think Austin Matthews has entered into that conversation as well. And, and so many others that I'm forgetting, but it, it's just unreal to see this kid who was not even the first round pick in his respective draft that people talk about all the time, how loaded the 2017 draft class was for the stars. They got Miro Haskin in Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger out of that draft. And, and this kid again, who missed training camp, missed the preseason, I mean, you, there's no way I could have seen this coming. I expected a good season. I expected a good performance, but 101 points in 77 games, unbelievable. Final question for you, and you, because you kind of mentioned it as well, just how valuable he is to this team. Heading into the playoffs right away here. Right now, the Dallas Stars do sit on top, a tie for the top of the Central Division. But if the playoffs were to start right now, they would face off against the Seattle Kraken. If they didn't, it would, if they don't, excuse me, make the first, uh, finished top of the central, excuse me, uh, they would most likely play the Colorado Avalanche. If you're sitting here, start of the playoffs, how does Jason Robertson season and how does Jason Robertson factor into a first round matchup against the Seattle Kraken or the Colorado Avalanche? I, I think he favors pretty well against either opponent. I mean, you just talked about he had that two assist performance against Colorado just a few days ago, and that was game two of a back-to-back. They, they played in Arizona the night before. He puts up that four-point night, and then he has two against Colorado. Of course, a series against the Avalanche is going to be a daunting task for whoever draws them in the first round, but I, I think Jason Robertson is up to, for that pressure. Uh, I think you know he wasn't the biggest performer in last year's playoffs. It was his first go-around against the Calgary Flames, but he now has seven playoff games under his belt. He's a much improved player from last season, and I think that 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 line of Robertson, hence Pavelski, is as good as it's ever been. I think they're going to be ready if that matchup, you know, does come the Stars' way. But I also think they match up well against Seattle. Uh, consistent listeners of of the Locked On Stars podcast know that that's who I want the Stars to get in round one of the postseason. I think they match up well with the Kraken. They beat them two out of three times this season. I think they they have the goaltending advantage. Seattle certainly does have some nice offensive weapons that can be difficult to contain at times, but 
I think the Stars have way more to offer offensively. And of course, that is being headlined right now by Jason Robertson, who I think him as well as so many other players are starting to peak at the right time. You want to be playing at your best going into the playoffs. You want your best players to be doing their best work going into the playoffs. And Jason Robertson is leading that charge. It's him. Joe Pavelski is on a point, or I think he has four points in four of his last five games. Mira Haskinen's having one of his best months in the month of March, and it's starting to carry over into April. So, I, I mean, Jamie Benn is the, you know, without a doubt, unanimous leader in that locker room as the captain, but Jason Robertson is also finding a way to lead by example in terms of his production. You mentioned those 87 points. I just had to mention it. 87 points for uh, uh, Jamie Benn in his career year or in that big year. Uh, Connor McDavid with 84 assists already this year. Like that, it, you yeah. mentioned how crazy <laughs> that was back then. Like it, it's crazy to think about how far this league has gone from then. But Jamie Benn, one of my favorite players, just because of how painful he is to play against. Either way, let's wrap up today's episode there. Some massive, massive matchups to watch out for. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Nashville Predators. The Chicago Blackhawks and the Calgary Flames. The Seattle Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks. The Oilers and the Kings and the Avalanche and the Sharks all going on tonight. All in the race for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. I can't wait. We have so much to talk about next week as we head into another week closer to the playoffs. That's what I'm talking about. It's a playoff postseason party. Dane, let's wrap up there. Where can the people find you? Yeah, well, before I say that, I will say I had I had to look it up talking about the Jamie Benn Art Ross. If 87 points, if Jamie Benn had that this season, he would be 17th in the league in scoring. Artemi Panarin has 87. Wow. Nowhere close near Connor McDavid's 146. But again, that's just a testament to the insane season he's having. But the people can find me at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter. Uh, I, now that it's baseball season, I'm tweeting both about the Stars and the Texas Rangers, who are three and one to start the season. They swept the Philadelphia Phillies. So we're having a good time over on Twitter, but you can also find the show at Locked on Stars on Instagram and Twitter, as well as wherever you get your podcast, as well as YouTube. See, I'm a Dodgers fan, so I don't care much about the Rangers, but I am a Canadian, so careful about what you say about the Jays and the Rangers. Take care of Marcus <laughs> Simeon for us. And also take care of uh, Corey Seager for the Dodgers side. Either oh, way... Course. If you can, if you really care, you probably don't. But you can find me personally at the real old and forty on Twitter, on Instagram. Even my Dodgers fan page is probably still at the real old and forty. But like I said, you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers, and you can find Locked On Oilers on Twitter at Locked On Oilers, exactly how it's spelled. Or if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube yet. What are you doing? We're going to be getting a brand new set pretty soon. So watch out for a whole bunch of new jerseys. Maybe I'll have as many jerseys as Dane does there. <laughs> Either way, let's wrap up there. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Locked on NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. The playoffs are right around the corner and massive matchups tonight. Tune in to those matchups so when we meet you on Tuesday, we've got so much to talk about. Until then, stay safe, everybody, and have a wonderful one.